Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Hello, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. It's a great pleasure to be with you, as always, Saturday morning. And by the way, you can live stream us on the Internet, LarryKudlowShow.com. LarryKudlowShow.com. You hear us all across the country, around the world, throughout the solar system. Everybody will hear us. Anyway, the lead story today is, unfortunately, the continued increase of inflation. Peak inflation. Well, it hasn't peaked yet. It's still peaking. Each month there's a new peak, I suppose. Gasoline prices, according to AAA, hit $5 a gallon across the country. It's a little higher in uh, here in the Northeast, a heck of a lot higher out west in California. $5. How about that? But everything's fine, according to President Biden. He's just still playing the blame game. You know, this inflation tax, I mean, well, let's put some facts on the scoreboard. Inflation was up 1% in May. That's a, above 12% at an annualized rate. Okay, so think of it that way. And over the past three months, it's up almost 11%. And over the past year, 86 So right there's a bad trend. I'll just note this for you. I don't want to be too statistical, but still, these numbers matter. You know, when the one month is above the three month and the three month is above the 12 month, that's a very bad trend line and suggests that the story is getting worse as it is, in fact, getting worse. And um, also, the so-called core inflation rate, take out food and energy. Of course, people buy food and energy. They're getting killed at the pump. They're getting killed at the grocery store. I understand that. But some economists will look at this as the so-called underlying inflation rate. I, I don't, but some do. Anyway, it too was up. It was up six-tenths in May. That's uh, well over 7% on an annual basis. And the three-month rate was 6.3, and the 12-month rate was 6.0. So my point here is simply it's the same pattern. The one-month is higher than the three-month, and the three-month is higher than the 12-month, and it tells you the trend for inflation remains higher. Wall Street talks about peak inflation and hopes for some kind of early decline. ain't happening, and it ain't going to happen. I mean, the lagged impact of all that federal spending and borrowing and Federal Reserve money printing. That lagged impact is still going on. And it's frankly probably going to go on for a couple more years. And that assumes we don't spend any more. And that assumes we don't print any more money. We'll talk about the Fed and fiscal policy. We have former Senator Phil Graham coming at the bottom of the hour. Nobody smarter than he is about this stuff. Nobody. Anyway, it's um, it's a tax on the workforce, right? So real worker wages. 
I mean, the wages are doing good. They're up 6%. The workforce, most people are coming back to work. Joe Biden brags about how this is a great employment recovery. It's not recovering. They're just coming back to work from the pandemic. We're still a million jobs short of the pre-pandemic. Uh, and, um, but in any event, a 6% increase in wages is being blown up by the 9% close, 8.5% increase in inflation. So, you know, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, that publishes the CPI and the jobs and the wages, real worker wages are falling down minus 3% year on year. So you're working harder and you're getting more more pay, but unfortunately because of the inflation, the pay is worth less. We've essentially had a near 9% devaluation of your money in your wallets and your pocketbooks and your wages. It's the same story if you look at it on average weekly earnings, real average weekly earnings, minus 3.9%, almost minus 4%. So you got your gasoline prices at 5%. Your CPI is almost 9 and it's increasing. Your wages are going up, but it's worth less. Wages... Minus 3%. So peak inflation is not peaking. I guess that's the message. You know, $5 gasoline, let's see, it was $3.08 a year ago. It was $2.40 when Joe Biden was inaugurated. When we had the energy independence of the Trump policies, which deregulated all manner of fossil fuels, I guess gasoline prices were running about two, two and a quarter for the most part. The inflation rate was under two during those days. Hate to say it, but that's a true factoid. And of course, President Biden just blames, he blames big oil, he blames Exxon, he blames drug companies, he blames food companies, he blames uh, poultry companies, he blames Russia. He blames Vladimir Putin. It's all their fault, right? That's it. It's all their fault. His um, director of National Economic Council, the position that I held under Trump, but his NEC director says, if you really isolate what's going on here, the problem is Vladimir Putin decided to take on his irresponsible war. It just ain't so. I mean, the inflation started well before we were thinking about Putin. Inflation started almost from day one. And actually, some people note the oil price rise started right after the election because of Biden's woke climate policies, the so-called existential threat, which is utter nonsense. We should have an all of the above. We should be, you know, I'm fine with renewables, especially nuclear, which is my favorite renewable. Of course, that's the one the greenies hate the most. But I'm also fine with natural gas, which is a clean-burning fuel. It will be the savior for both the climate and our energy. Fracking, pipelining has all been put on hold. You know, you can blame big oil, but look at this stuff. Take out, as I said earlier, if you took out energy and food, I don't want to do that because that's what, you know, ordinary folks, typical families, that's what they need, energy and food. But... 
if you just took that out, you still have uh, 7% plus inflation in May and uh, 6.5% inflation rate. That's if you took it out. And that, by the way, that core inflation rate, as it is called, is um, almost twice what Europe has. So this idea that, oh, everybody in the world has the same inflation is just not true. Europe does have high inflation, but that's because they're dependent on oil from Russia and and gas from Russia. Okay, I get that. They're much, much, much more dependent on it than we are. But, again, if you look at core, which is the underlying inflation story, ours is twice what theirs is. Why? Well, we had almost twice as much fiscal stimulus, government spending, as the Europeans did, or the OECD, uh, you know, developed big countries did. study from the San Francisco Fed shows that. Actually, um, a former Obama and uh, Clinton economist, Jason Furman, who's an honest guy, he wrote a good piece in the Wall Street Journal about this, showing how we applied much more demand stimulus than Europe did. Consequently, our underlying inflation rate is almost twice theirs. By the way, our wages are almost twice theirs. So it isn't around the world. Uncle Joe, it was your mistake. Uh... 15 months ago, we shouldn't have had the $2 trillion because Donald Trump gave you a strong economy. We did not need $2 trillion in additional stimulus. Trump handed you a 6.5% growth economy with plunging unemployment. People were going back to work. You didn't need the stimulus. What you did was you handed it out to the Green New Deal, to all these Democratic constituents groups. There was massive widespread fraud Unemployment benefits, which you continued, provided a reason for people not to work. Workfare was abandoned. All these welfare programs were put back into place with no workfare, so people stayed out of work. But they had money in their pockets, and they went out and bought all manner of goods and services, and that there was the rise of the inflation rate. We borrowed, the U.S. borrowed to finance it. There was no pay-fors, never pay-fors. And the Federal Reserve bought the bonds issued by Uncle Sam's Treasury. And that exploded the money supply, and that exploded the inflation rate. Now, this story is not going to end well. We will talk about that some more over the course of the show. It is not going to end well. But let me just say this. To the idea that it's all Vladimir Putin's fault or it's Big Oil's fault, You know, you can go down the list here. Shelter, housing, uh, growing 7% last three months. Services, okay, services, growing 9% last three months, up almost 10% for the month of May. Take out the energy component of services, and you're still left with 8% inflation. Apparel is rising. Cars, used cars are rising again. New cars are rising. It's widespread. It's all across the board. You can't pin it on Vladimir Putin. We're going to talk, by the way, to former uh, head scientist at the Energy Department, Paul Dabar, because I think, you know, the the world oil price is very high. It's $120. Uh, 
under Trump, it was running about $50, $55. But putting that aside, that price hasn't moved in several months now. So that argument, you know, the Putin argument is not really... I, I want to talk to Paul Dabar. It'll be later in the show. He was the uh, top scientist in the energy department. Uh, there's a shortage of gasoline. There's a shortage of refining. And we're seeing a lot of energy shortages. There's a shortage of food because of the energy shortages. I think that's a function of the fact that Joe Biden has stopped oil and gas production, hasn't he? I think that's really what's going on. Energy shortages are popping up. We are undersupplied. And that is driving up gasoline prices and uh, utility prices and electricity prices and diesel prices. Our truckers are getting clobbered because of diesel. Three-quarters of the goods in the United States flow are transported by trucks. Trucks are getting smashed by the high price of diesel. There's a better way to do this, and I'm going to come back and give you my little Kudlow plan. There's a much better way to do this. We do not. There's going to be a, a bad recession coming. This, we could, this could be avoided. It could be avoided. All we need is supply-side policies, limited government. We don't need woke progressive, big government socialism. Look what it has wrought in just a year and a half. Woke, progressive, big government socialism. Folks, I much prefer free market capitalism. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. So, this story will not end well. This inflation story. I don't know if we're in recession right now. I don't think we're quite in recession. Uh, there's still strength. I mean, consumer spending, which is slowing, but it's still there. Uh, business spending, business investment spending on equipment and machinery seems to still be there. Uh, manufacturing production seems to still be there. But again, you know, the drop in real wages is very difficult and will damage consumers. Inventories look, I guess, pretty high among consumers if recent reports of Target and others uh, are correct. You look at the, um, you look at minus 1.5% GDP in the first quarter, and I noticed the GDP tracker from the Atlanta Fed is only 09 so barely above water, uh, you know, that thing will will change, but they're usually not far off. So I think inflationary recession is going to be the big topic, inflationary recession. Uh, some call it stagflation. Look, at I just want to put out here at the top of the show, there's a better way to do this, honestly. I mean... You can have a new economic strategy. Instead of raising taxes and raising spending and uh, throwing a wet blanket over the fossil fuels industry and regulating businesses and attacking businesses the way Biden is doing. I mean, Janet Yellen, you know, this Janet Yellen, lately with her apology tour, what I call the hostage video, Janet Yellen was testifying before the House and Senate this week defending Biden's FY23 budget, which has 
Build Back Better still in it. That thing's worth at least $5 trillion of spending, according to the Congressional Budget Office. So they've learned nothing. Furthermore, they have $3.5 trillion in higher taxes on individuals and corporations and the foreign operations of corporations. You know, you tax production, you get less production, whatever it is you're producing, whether it's energy or manufacturing or, or anything, technology. So they're still spending and taxing. Typical woke budget, she's out there defending it. It's completely wrong. Here's what you need to do. First of all, you should make the Trump tax cuts permanent. That includes immediate expensing for machinery and equipment. And keep that uh, top corporate tax rate globally competitive at 21%. Leave it be. And we should be exploring additional pro-growth tax reform. The top income tax rate is still too high. 37%. It's too high. By the way, that's what small businesses pay. We should have a flatter tax with lower rates and simplification. That's point number one. Point number two, deregulate. Deregulate everything. Deregulate energy. Stop these crazy environmental restrictions and no permits. You can have a lease on oil, but you'll never get a permit to, to drill or frack or pipeline, or even for that matter, build roads and bridges and highways. Deregulate industry. Stop threatening the SEC, the FTC, the Federal Reserve. Not only are they regulating business, they've got climate change regulations everywhere. They want to stop financing energy. Deregulate everything. Third, a domestic spending freeze. Domestic spending freeze. That is essential. And finally, fourth, defend the value of king dollar. Not only against other currencies, but defend the value against traditional inflation measures, such as broad commodity indexes. I mean, the Bloomberg and Goldman Sachs commodity indexes hit new highs. That is not good. Defend the value of the dollar. They're going to have to raise interest rates to do it. That's my plan. It's pro-growth. All right? Low tax rates, deregulate, freeze domestic spending, defend king dollar, the value of our money. If you do that, you'd be emulating what Reagan did, what John F. Kennedy did, what Trump did. Here's what would happen. You'd, if you put that kind of economic strategy in place and replace this crazy, woke, big government socialist strategy, put a supply-side free market strategy back in place, you will have skyrocketing growth and plunging inflation. You will have more goods chasing money. You will let people have entrepreneurship for a change. That's my plan. Put it all into a balanced budget plan and you'll have skyrocketing growth and collapsing inflation. I'm Kudlow. Senator Phil Graham coming up on the other side of the break. <laughs> 